What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Digital Campus this week. Listen, we have an amazing day planned for you. But first, I'm standing right here in our Greater Little Rock campus. It was the second campus started by New Life Church. We have campuses all over the state. We're going to be showing you those on a weekly basis, but I'm excited to be here with you right now. Listen, we're starting a brand new series called The Holy Spirit. Pastor Rick's going to be kicking it off today. It's going to be great. So lean in, take notes, learn something today. Maybe you might unlearn some things about the Holy Spirit as well. It's going to be great regardless. But right now we're going into worship. And as we do that, let's just focus on the Lord the best that we can. Maybe put some distractions to the side or whatever you need to do. And let's focus in and worship with our team right now. So come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you so much, God, for everybody that's watching today. God, I pray that you would speak to us individually, God. I pray that your presence, God, be where we are. And Lord, today we would grow in you, Lord, and grow in your word and learn about the Holy Spirit, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you would be with us, God. We love you. We thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Of your love, 
Hey, New Life Church. I love that song. This is holy ground, like we're standing on holy ground. Here I am at one of the campuses, and I do believe that a church is holy. It's a sacred place. There's nothing special about the building, but there is something very special about the gathering of the people with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to do a series called The Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about what is he like this weekend. Uh, next weekend, we're going to talk about how to be led by the Spirit of God. And the third weekend, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and how they relate to us today. Now, the reason why I know we need this teaching is because so many people have weirdness about them when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Uh, before I get into that, let me just say, over the last few weeks in the series Walking with God, we hit hard on repentance. That's one way to walk with God. And we also hit hard on standards. Well, you can't just repent anytime you want. You have to have the Holy Spirit to show you. But the problem is, uh, there's so many strange things that happen around people who talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. And just as many strange things to people who never talk about it. I remember when we started our church 20 years ago, it was embarrassing to watch Christian TV. Because a lot of them, it was all about the Holy Spirit and money and send in your money and the Holy Spirit. And a lot of manipulation with the Holy Spirit. And it was so embarrassing to even see that. And uh, so I don't know how all that is going now. But I do know it also happens in the church. And both camps are strange to me. And so let me describe these two camps. The first type camp, the first church uh, related to the Holy Spirit is a church that never taught about the Holy Spirit. Uh, if that person is even hearing me speak about it right now, it's just weird to them. But I'm going to tell you what's weird. And that is not talking about it at all. Because he's the triune God. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. And so we're going to teach as accurate as we can. There's one translation, and I personally believe it's a bad translation for modern vernacular. But they translate the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost. Well, it's not a ghost that happens to be holy. It's the Spirit of our God. And He is holy. Therefore, his spirit is holy as well. The Holy Spirit is a person. We talk about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Uh, I remember one guy, uh, he wrote a book called The God I Never Knew. He grew up in a certain Baptist church, a strand of the Baptist church. And they talked about how the Holy Spirit, just even speaking about it, was way out there. And then one day he was introduced to this part of the Trinity and it changed his life. And he realized he had skipped over a lot of verses. And therefore, he called this book, The God I Never Knew. But I know him now. So we know in Scripture it says to baptize people in the name of Jesus in one place. But in another place it says to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, what's interesting to me is that Jesus was baptized. So what did they say over him? I baptize you in the name of your dad, you and your friend. I mean, what did they say? Well, I'm tell you what he got right is the Holy Spirit moved on him when he was baptized. 
And it even says that heaven looked down and the father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. You can see the Trinity right there in the obedience of being baptized. He still moves like that. And then another type church is a church that always taught about the Holy Spirit. And they place major emphasis on it and not on other things. Maybe even making fun of people who don't. Those dead churches on the other side of town, they don't know how to do it like us. It's interesting, it reminds me of the church of Corinth. Paul, when he wrote the church of Corinth, man, it was like a train wreck over there at that church. And in fact, uh, when I read about it, you can see there was so much dysfunction. Uh, none of us have ever seen dysfunction in a church like this. The foolishness that was there. I marvel every time I read it that Paul didn't just write this letter and say, we're shutting her down. It's over. Because there was such a mess and so many things happening. So what was going on with the church of Corinth? But first of all, they were quickly getting into thinking that the more of the Holy Spirit you were a part of and the more gifts you had, that you would become superior to everyone else. You were like varsity league compared to everyone else. There was a lot of pride in that. They thought some of the gifts were subpar to the other gifts. Some were mediocre and less than exceptional. And Paul was livid about that. He was rebuking them for this view and talking about embarrassment. He was very embarrassed. And so the, the church of Corinth, as a result, they had no influence. They were not growing. Nothing great was happening there. And I always find it interesting that he starts out uh, talking to them in this letter about leadership. And then he gets into the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, still talking about leadership. And then he gets into many warnings, still talking about leadership. But then he gets into some of the problems, some of the lawsuits, and even incest is talked about there. He gets into what a holy marriage is like and how unmarried people should live, immorality. And then he reminds them of the importance of understanding authority and then the need for discipleship. He even gets into to the Lord's Supper and then spiritual gifts and then the Holy Spirit. But right in the middle of it all, he stops and writes an entire chapter on love because he knew there would be no way for them to grow around the things of God if they didn't love like God. So he stops and then he gets right back into unity of the church. And then he gets right into the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 14. is all about how to have wisdom with the Holy Spirit to the point you don't look like a freak. That's really what it's about. So I know that this type church that thinks that way, they do not have influence. These churches are not growing. There's no way they can because it's always about how they feel and what the Lord is doing in their life. And uh, if the early church was still like that, they would still be in the upper room. I mean, just waiting on something else from God. But why does the Holy Spirit even move in our lives? It's always so we can go and do the work of the ministry. It's never for the feeling. It's always for him. Everything God ever gives you is for him. 
He was trying to empower them so they could change the world. And they did. They influenced cities. Uh, they were out planting churches. Uh, they turned cities upside down. They were raising up leaders. They were training pastors. Man, they were getting a lot of things done with lay people, people who seemingly did this full time, all because they, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, not because they were weird with the Holy Spirit. So let me be clear. I've always wanted our church to know the Holy Spirit, to be a part of that side of the triune God. I pray that way. I tell our staff for us to believe. But what is it for? It's, it's so we can be strong to do what God has called us to do. I love it when something is good in my life. I even love it when something feels good. A hot shower when you're really cold. But the Holy Spirit is not just so you can feel him. It's so you can change. So you can grow. So you can help build the church. And a lot of people even argue about the evidence of the Holy Spirit. How do you know somebody has the Holy Spirit? What is the evidence? And there are some denominations where they preach this loud. I'll tell you the evidence is the fruit of the Spirit. Like you can tell if somebody is full of the Spirit of God because they look like the Spirit of God. The scripture says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Like he's given you strength to have self-control. Against such things there is no law. So again, there are many different type of gifts uh, that are in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit even has certain amounts of gifts. But he wants them spread out. Like, I don't know anyone who has them all. But I love it when they're involved in the church. So if you go into other gifts uh, that are involved in the church, we have some who have the gift of, of teaching. We have some that have the gift of singing. I do not have that ability. I've never been able to sing in the key of Brandon Shatswell, one of our worship leaders. I've never had the gear that Pat Hill or John Boyd or Dean Fagley, many people have in helps ministry. Uh, so I know what I'm called to do and I'm eagerly seeking the greater things of God. But I do have them around me because as a body, we, we are doing well. We are together, and I think that it is important that I grow in the Holy Spirit, but I can't look at someone else who can't do what I do and think less of them. And I pray to God they don't do that to me. So that's why Paul had such an attitude around the church of Corinth. You see, Satan can't go out and create anything, so what he does is he tries to take what God has given the church and he tries to pervert it. That's what he does. Pervert means to use improperly. So he can't go out and create things. He's not creator God, but he tries to distort what God is doing, to pervert it, to change it around, whether it's in our thinking, in our actions, or what we're even dreaming and aiming at. So what is the Holy Spirit for? I'm going to narrow it down to three things. I could list some more. But there's three things that I'm thinking about right now. And the first one is he empowers us. Look, it's 2021, right? 
We need the Holy Spirit. We went through a pandemic that started last year. We're still in it now. Uh, We do not know what the future holds. But as someone said, we know who holds the future. Uh, But the Holy Spirit, we have nothing without the Holy Spirit. I'm getting ready to remind you of that. Nothing without him. And you can't have more without more of him. So we should pay attention. The Bible even goes so far as to say, Jesus himself said, if you want an advantage on life, then you need the Holy Spirit. I'll show you about that. That's going to be really good. Because many always think, if I could have been with Jesus, how many times have you thought this? If I would have been able to walk around on planet Earth to be a disciple with Jesus, I would have been strong. That would have helped me. Many of you would even think, oh, if I could just go to Israel and see where he walked, that would help me. And these things are probably true. But Jesus literally says, no, I'm going to tell you what would help you. The Holy Spirit even says he's a helper. So I'll break this down to you. For just a second, I want you to think about the world without the Holy Spirit. I mean, first of all, we would all be in trouble. Think about church without the Holy Spirit. Think about your home without the Holy Spirit. I just did a teaching on repentance. How do you do that without the Holy Spirit? You cannot. But more than that, let's go to the Bible for those who love Scripture. And that's the only way you'll learn. Uh, There would be no creation without the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth, the darkness of the earth. He was there, right there during creation. Uh, there, was no, there would be no human race whatsoever without the Holy Spirit. There would have been no virgin birth. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit overshadowed that situation, heavily involved. There would be no resurrection because the Bible says it's the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead that dwells inside of us. There would be no Christians. There would be no Bible. Have you ever thought about the Bible? I mean, there's certain words that Jesus spoke and they're in red ink. But what words did the Holy Spirit speak? All the scripture that is in black ink and red ink. Now, make no mistake about it. The Holy Spirit is not more important than Jesus. He is Jesus. He is the Father. All scripture From the origin to the last scripture in Revelation is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, uh, there would be no restraint against sin. Uh, There would be no spiritual gifts. There would be no anointing. It would be like, Brandon Shatswell, sing that song, his eye is on the sparrow. And he'd be like, what's the sparrow? (laughs) I mean, we wouldn't know anything. Uh, preaching. There will be no anointing in preaching. And I know some of you are thinking there's no anointing right now in preaching, but you need to back off. I'm doing best I can. But the Holy Spirit, when he's invited, he moves in. We can't have any of these things without him. Imagine uh, what it would be like the scripture, uh, the life of Christ, the three years that he went all out to reach us. Without the Holy Spirit. So to prove this. Jesus had enormous confidence. And what your life would be like. If you had the Holy Spirit. And he had no confidence. That you could have a growing life in God. 
without the Holy Spirit. There's this section of Scripture in the book of John, starting around chapter 13. And the disciples are having a very difficult time. Uh, they're in a lot of trouble. People are threatening to kill them. Uh, we know that this is where Jesus pointed out that Judas was going to betray him. The Bible says that Satan filled Judas up and he just left the room. Uh, he looked at Peter and he challenged him. And man, there's just a lot going on in that chapter. And in the middle of it all, Jesus tells him that he's leaving, that he's going to die. And I, and I just want to read this portion of scripture because it has everything to do with the Holy Spirit. That's what it's about. And in fact, he's very, very bold in this. He's presenting to them that he's leaving. And then he interjects that it's the best thing that could ever happen to them. Not my words, but his. In John chapter 16 and verse 5, it says, But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Now, that's sort of like prophetic right there. He's, he, he's sensing, hey, I can tell what's happening. I've known it since the beginning of time that when I tell you this portion of truth, that sorrow is going to fill your heart. But what I like about the Lord is that he's never trying to make us have a good moment. He wants us to have a strong life. Big difference. So what he's trying to get them to be is filled with the spirit of God. But he's actually telling them, you're filled right now with sorrow. It's filled your heart. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. And nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And then in verse 13, it says, but when he, the spirit of truth, when he comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears. One translation says he never speaks about himself. He only speaks what the father tells him to say. Jesus is basically talking about this. He's saying, I can't do everything for you here. I've been with you for three years. He's telling the disciples. But I'm, it's not enough. I, I can't be inside of you unless I send you my spirit. Because Jesus would get frustrated. Later on, he was with them and he was saying, just pray with me for an hour. He went to pray and came back and they were all sleeping. He knew that if he wasn't around them, even for a second, that anything could happen. And anything did happen. Lots of things happened. But he also knew that if he could live inside of them, that the greatest helper that they could ever have would not be around them. It would be inside of them if they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. I did uh, devotions with my children for years uh, before they would go to school. And um, as a pastor, you know, I wish that they were great. But my kids, a lot of times, did not listen. And one day, it was, it was horrible. They were, they were listening to the scripture like it wasn't even the scripture. And I finally said to them, I said, listen, kids. Uh, I know that you're tired right now. It's before school. But let me ask you a question. 
If Jesus walked in while we're speaking to one another, and he went to that table, the table was about 20 feet away, and I said, and he took a pen out of that drawer and then a piece of paper, and he started writing on a piece of paper, and then he looked over at one of you and pointed while he wrote, and he slid that to the side, and then he pointed at another one of you, never said a word, but just wrote, and then moved it to the side. And looked at the third one. And then the fourth one. Each time writing and moving it to the side. And when he was done, he would just put down the pen and walk out. What would you do next? And they said, Dad, I know what I would do. They were listening then. What would you do? Dad, I will run over there and read the one when he was looking at me. I said, that's right. Yes, you would. And that's what we have We have the word. It's already written for us. And what the Holy Spirit does is he's the side that walks into rooms with you. And even points towards you. To let you know what the scripture is really all about. So we have to have both. I love that moment with my kids. Because I think they they understood the power of his word. Like it's already written. And I think they understood a little bit more about the Holy Spirit's role with it. Number two, he will influence you. So he will empower you, but he will also influence you. In Ephesians chapter 5, and we often read this at around verse 15, we read part of it, but not all of it. So I'm going to read it all. Verse 15 says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. We talk about this a lot because that word opportunity is the word kairos, and it literally means a favorable moment. So the favorable moments, the opportunities. Why? Because the days are evil. Uh, Are you listening to me? Days are complicated. We're in some evil days now. And then it goes on to get real pointed Uh, with illustration. It says, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is, and do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So basically, the Lord is just saying here, through this incredible book, the book of Ephesians. And it's saying that, hey, you're going to be filled with something in your life. But what I want you to be filled with is the Holy Spirit. Recently, I had someone that would have said a year ago, they told me, I would have thought a year ago that the problem with the church was everyone was so busy. But then when the pandemic hit and we couldn't go out about life and do it normally, and we had to have a lot of time at home, Uh, That would have been a great time for the Spirit of God to move in our lives like never before. But we filled it with more things. Buying more stuff. Doing more hobbies. Watching more videos. Instead of being filled with the Spirit. 
So in the book of Ephesians, it's describing one other way that people are filled sometimes, and that is with alcohol when they get to the point where they're drunk. And when a person who is drunk and they're filled with alcohol, we call it they are under the influence. But he's trying to get us to think, I want you under the influence by being filled with the Spirit. So there's a picture there worth talking about. Thinking about alcohol. The alcohol, uh, when you start getting drunk, it affects the brain. It begins to change your personality and who you are. Uh, the alcohol starts lying to you. Quiet people start getting really loud. Shy people start getting really bold. Ugly brothers will start talking to girls they would have never talked to before. People who can't sing start singing. Don't you have TikTok? People who can't dance start dancing. The alcohol actually dictates agenda. Have you ever uh, seen someone acting a fool with too much alcohol? Maybe a person is at a bar and the alcohol tells them, I think you can beat that guy up who's really strong on the other side of the bar. And you believe it. Like, I think I can take him. I worked out three times last year. I think I got him. And you wake up the next day messed up because you were filled with alcohol and it lied to you. Uh, Tom Brady, one of the most disciplined people in all of the world, uh, never has any toxins in his body. He eats right all the time. Had like a one beer or so, and he's just totally intoxicated, throwing a Lombardi trophy from boat to boat. This ha actually happened. Uh, this is what the scripture is saying. Hey, I want you to be filled with the spirit, not with alcohol. But the next day, uh, when alcohol is no longer inside of you, uh, you get sober and you go back to your natural self. Well, it's similar to that with the Holy Spirit. Just because the Holy Spirit moved in your life before doesn't mean that you're continually filled. Some of you, you might have been at a retreat, Camp Kennecott, or maybe a youth retreat or a youth service. It might have been in the house of your grandmother and she prayed over you. It could be somebody who just carried around like this mantle in the Lord and they were sharing scripture with you and you felt the Holy Spirit. Gosh, I hope some of you have had these moments around the Lord. But God never intended for you to have one moment like this is not what he has for the church. This is what he's saying. I want you to be filled with the Spirit like Thinking about him and walking with him and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So to close out that thought, you can only get drunk by drinking. You can't get it by reading about it. You can't get it by hanging out with a bunch of people who are. You ultimately will have a better chance there, but you can't. You can't get drunk by talking about it. You just have to be filled with alcohol. And it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Like, you can't just read about it. You can't just talk about it. You can't even listen to a sermon. There comes a time where the Lord just wants to move in your life, which leads me to number three, that He will fill you with the Spirit. That's His goal right there. 
And I personally do not think that we can have a successful journey in the Lord without knowing that. And uh, there's just so many times as a pastor where I am completely empty with fatigue. There were like five years we did seven services every weekend. I remember my schedule. Uh, it was three months before I could get to someone else, averaging 10 to 12 appointments every day. And it was just so much going on. And uh, so how did I have my strength? Well, first of all, I did take a Sabbath, a day off. But it was a lot of complications. It was very difficult to keep up during those early years. But honestly, I, I wasn't exhausted. And uh, I didn't fall away from the Lord. And I know it's because he, he filled me. Like in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18, it says, Instead... Be filled with the Spirit. In Galatians, it talks about have a desire for the Spirit, not, not the flesh. The Bible shows that the Holy Spirit is gentle like a dove. Like He's not just going to overwhelm you and show up and change your life just because He wants to. He has to be invited in. Like somebody's got to take the time and say, I need you. I want you. Holy Spirit. Jesus even asked for us to pray like that. So right now in your home or wherever you may be, I just want to thank you for coming to church with us today. That's for sure. And Kevin and myself and the entire staff being able to connect with you like this. Look, I would rather be with you in a room having lunch with you or something like that. But I'm so thankful that we have this opportunity. But what I really want is for you to connect with God Almighty. So everyone, just bow your heads right now. Just close your eyes. And I just want to pray for everyone, everyone at the sound of my voice, to be filled with the Spirit. And I remember when it happened to me the first time. But I also know the times that it happened to me this week. And so it's not one moment will do. So, Lord, I thank you for being involved in this talk. And, Lord, we want a church that has your presence involved in it. But we don't want to be a church where it's strange and weird and no longer an influence. That's why we want your Holy Spirit, because it's, it's the perfect way to, to build our lives, whether it's in business, in the workplace, in our home, at church, around our hobby, with our friends, with people we know, people we do not know. There's something special about walking with you. You even go before us. It's amazing. So Lord, I ask that you move into the lives of each person. Especially as we go into worship, Lord. I pray that they will connect with you in a real way. As you fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.
Wow, what a powerful message by Pastor Rick on explaining who the Holy Spirit is. And I'm so excited about this series and what God's going to do inside of that. Well, listen, I got Drew Davis with me from every Arkansan. We're standing right here in our Greater Little Rock campus. And I wanted Drew just to come on because God is doing some amazing things through our state, through this ministry. Drew, tell them what's going on, man, in our state. It's crazy. So every Arkansan has the Arkansas Dream Center and City Serve and a preschool and other things. But... 12 years ago, we started birthing out of, yeah. of New Life, creating this. And that was when Rick was really talking about the 50 campuses, yeah. the 50 campuses. And it's so amazing to see with our ministry, we now have 180 churches that are part of the wow, network. That's awesome. It took us a decade to serve our first 1 million meals. And last year, when we engaged the local church, we served 1.2 million wow. meals. That was a quarter of a million lives changed because the local church was activated. So cool. And it's so encouraging to yeah. see that vision living out, not necessarily how it was planned, yeah. but in such a unique way that we're seeing churches come together and change this state one by one. So cool. And you that are watching, you play a part in this. Like we're on the same team, seeing what God is doing, reaching these people across our state. And right now I wanna give you the opportunity to give. You'll see three ways to give right here on the screen. And as you give your tithes and offerings today, just know that when you give, man, people are getting met. Needs are getting met across our state through these ministries. And it's unbelievable, man, what God is doing through this. So you can give right now to that. Well, I want to ask Drew today just to pray a prayer of blessing over all of you watching. And he's also going to pray for another church right around this area. Love to. Lord, 
we pray just that you will bless everyone that is watching, everyone that is listening, Lord. We just pray that you will just pour into them and show them that you love them, you have a plan for them, and you've got something amazing in store for them. We pray, Lord, that you will show them exactly the next step to take in their life and their journey to getting closer with you. And Lord, we also pray for Pastor Fred in, in Lamb City and McAlmont. They are doing some amazing things, Lord. They're reaching their neighbor. They're loving on their neighbor. We pray, Lord, that you will just encourage him, encourage their church. But also, Lord, we pray that you will just come in and just pour your spirit out upon the city of North Little Rock. Yes, in your precious name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Drew, so much for being here with us Pleasure. today, man. Glad you're here. Listen, if you want our daily devotionals, just text this number right now underneath me. You'll get our daily devos every day from different pastors and leaders, a part of our church. And listen, we're waiting for you to come back. If you are ready to come back into one of our campuses, you'll see these campuses in the description. You can go on there, find a campus nearest you. We would love to have you back with us. Listen, God bless. Have an amazing week. We'll see you right back here next week as we continue our Holy Spirit series. See you later.